Be careful falling. Hello and welcome to the China Podcast. I'm delighted to announce that everyone's favourite Irish podcasting double act in China are back together this week. Yep, Biddy and Miley back together. Uh, even though I haven't had to move an inch, the Yangtze brought you to me. Ah, I knew you were lonely. Question, why is it so cold here? Like, so much colder than Chongqing, and we're only two hours down river. Um, and everyone here with the windows open, what's that all about? Uh, I think it's got something to do with the, the fact that the people around here are a bit rural. Um, it might actually be the coldest place in the world. Um but they're used to sitting outside and having fires and stuff like that. Right, okay. In their, in yeah. their, in their kind of front yards. Yeah, I, I'll never, I'll never understand it. Um, like I, but I really hope people don't start calling us Biddy and Miley now. No, well, they're Ireland's most famous double act, according to Google. So, what's to be embarrassed about? And that's no word of a lie. Yeah, those were the first names to pop up when I Google searched the words. Ireland famous double act in preparation for this week's podcast. Um, I wanted to compare us to a famous duo, you see. Um, if you Google the words, Google search the words famous double act, you'll get the usual suspects like Laurel and Hardy, Morecambe and Wise, the two Ronnies and more. But if you do the same with an Irish duo, that's what you get. You get Biddy and Miley. Yeah, the first name on the page. Now... It's only Irish people of a certain age and era that that will know what we're talking about. Um, Biddy and Miley were characters from an Irish TV show called Glen Row. Um, it was on for 18 years across three decades. Easy to forget just how popular it was at the time. Yeah, it was It was an institution every Sunday after wearing the world. Um, yeah, how would you describe it? Uh, it was a soap opera. And it had a, a rural setting um, and it, it explored contentious issues like infidelity and the dominance or the primacy of religion in the community. And this was a time when Ireland was undergoing massive economic and social change. So it would have resonated with a lot of people back uh, then, yeah? Uh, yeah, no doubt it would, hence the popularity of it. You know, It, uh, it all ended in tragedy. Um, 2001, um, Miley's wife Biddy died in a car accident. Yeah, I remember. Her car hit the front wheel of a tractor and then flipped over it onto the far side of the road. It was very overdramatic. Not quite the explosion on the bus, but we'll leave that to Chinese TV. Yes, we will. So let's turn now to pop culture in China for a little bit because... There are a couple of hot topics in the last week or so worth discussing. First up, Fight Club. Shh. Do you not remember the first two rules of Fight Club? You do not talk about Fight Club. Did Brad Pitt teach you nothing? You're right, yeah. Okay, folks, back to Glen Rowe. Also, Biddy and Miley, they had an awful falling out over whose turn it was to milk the cows. Ah, we're only messing with you. <laughs> We won't bore you with Irish soap operas, don't worry, don't worry. Um, Yeah, the good news is we can talk about Fight Club. Brad Pitt's not around. Yeah. Um, Fight Club is now available in China on Tencent Video, but there's a but. But the original ending has been altered for not passing Chinese censorship standards, uh, which has been hailed as a win-win for all parties involved. 
Yeah, the original ending of Fight Club sees Edward Norton's character killing off his alter ego, ego, Tyler Durden, who's played by Brad Pitt, before executing his plan to destroy modern civilization by blowing up a load of financial buildings. But in the ending shown to Chinese TV audiences, the final scene is cut and replaced instead by an on-screen message that says how the anarchic plot was foiled by the authorities and Norton's character sent to a lunatic asylum. And this is the kind of thing that is regularly censored in China. Anything that depicts social disorder or imparts criminal activities. Um, there are many examples too of how such cuts significantly deform the running length of a piece of work. A recent one was Bohemian Rhapsody about the life of Freddie Mercury, a famously gay rock star, um, which had every gay scene or reference eliminated from the film. It lost three minutes in total. Yeah, and that's not quite as bad as the six minutes that were removed from Alien Covenant for its violence and gay snog between two androids. And the thing with Fight Club is that it's likely that this version of the film was sold to the Chinese market rather than censors deciding to put their own spin on things afterwards. Um, And this is often how business is done between the copyright owners and the company that buys the the distribution rights for a given region. Yeah. Um, The Chinese ending, it's, it's proved divisive amongst viewers, many of whom would probably have seen the original ending elsewhere and they've criticised the new one. But there's many others who have pointed to the accuracy of the lettering of the original font and how it gels so believably with the rest of the film. So it's it's not just a lad holding up a, a placard with a post-it note scribbled in black marker. No, there's no hand moving in and out of the frame. Yeah, and it's interesting you should mention accuracy because in a twist to the tale, the author of Fight Club... Chuck Polinick praised the cut, describing it as closer to his original version. Yeah, this is the 1996 book. The film is 99, directed by David Fincher. Ironically, the film coincides with the ending of the book a lot more. The only difference being that in the novel, the bombs used to destroy the city malfunction rather than because of a police operation. And Graham Norton's character shoots himself, then survives, uh, before waking up inside a mental hospital. And an explosion plays a major part in a new Chinese TV show too. Yeah, it's called Reset or Kaiduan in Mandarin. Uh, and you know, like we wouldn't even be bringing it up now, but for the fact that it's available on YouTube with English subtitles. Um and we're able to watch it as yeah, a result. Because it's rare that a Chinese-made TV show will include English subtitles, although they nearly always have Mandarin on the screen. I guess that's to do with there being so many dialects of the language in China. Like, not everyone watching will understand every word being spoken. Um, there might be another reason too. I don't know. That's just my take on it. Yeah, well, the... The normal script, like Putong Hua, is a like it's the same characters are used for Cantonese, for 
Sichuanese, for whatever dialect, whatever language within China that you're actually speaking, the, the characters don't change. So it it's the same for whatever common characters all the they're, time they're common characters yeah. yeah yeah the normal ordinary characters yeah so everyone can yeah. follow along so everyone can read along yeah um but yes reset has been billed as a thriller here in china um but it's not really a thriller as, as much as, as it is a, a regular drama with a bomb on a bus it's heavy on the dialogue and less so on the action not that that's a bad thing don't get me wrong um it's actually quite intriguing because the two main characters are stuck in a time loop in which they repeatedly wake up on a bus that then that then explodes minutes later every time the bus explodes the cycle is repeated and the bus can explode in two ways the first is via a collision with an oil lorry the second because of a bomb which one of the passengers has with them on board um and the main characters two 20-something-year-olds, one's a college student and the other's a game developer, they must locate the bomb and stop the explosion by solving the clues in each loop. You see, the advantage they have is that they remember everything from the previous loops. So they carry the details with them into the next cycle and each time some progression is made. Um, But it's not as simple as all that. It's, It's actually quite complex. Yeah, like they only have a matter of minutes to prevent the explosion each time. Um, Sometimes they get off the bus, sometimes they die along with everyone else. When they survive, they're usually brought in by the police and treated as suspects. Sometimes they manage to evade being questioned or arrested and they'll use this time to try and figure out what's going on so that they can take that information with them into the next cycle. Yeah, but ultimately when they die in the explosion or... They fall asleep, they wake up on the bus again, and so begin the next loop. And we decided to chat about it this week because not only has it been a roaring success at home, but it's also clocked up millions of views abroad as well. Um, the people who uploaded the videos to YouTube did, did a great job with the English Indeed. subtitles because like, they are fan-made, they aren't official, but they're pretty accurate and they're easy to follow. Yeah, like we said, it's it's been a huge hit with audiences in China and because it resonates with a lot of ordinary working people. I actually sat down and watched it with my grandmother. Um, it, it captures really well the social anxieties of everyday life, um, such as difficult relationships, working class people struggling to keep up with their rent because they're trying to save for their children's education, or others trying to please their bosses by rushing off to the dreaded Chinese office meetings. Your grandmother now, would that be your... My wife's grandmother. Grandmother, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, She's about 80. All right, yeah. very good. She enjoyed it. She only watched the first one and then she went home, but yeah. How do you know she enjoyed it? Did she not get fed up of it? Or was she just fed up of you? Oh no, she didn't want to leave. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. She, she didn't want to leave. She was far from fed up with me. She was probably fed up with me, dog. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, and it's it's also shows online trolls um, throughout. Uh, yeah, that is a big one. Yeah. Which is another big one um, in modern society. Or you have like the one guy rushing through red lights on his moped because he's late with a delivery. Um, which is something that's actually central to the story's chain of events. Are you are you far into it yourself? 
Yeah, I'm 13 episodes in. Uh, it's a 15-parter in total, so two to go. Nearly there. Um, but yeah, each episode is the average length of our podcasts. Yeah. Um, of course, our recurring friend on the podcast, Bill Murray, he also starred in perhaps the most famous film of somebody stuck in a time loop, Groundhog Day. Um, although he had to overcome his own shitty personality rather than save the people around him. Yeah, the actual Groundhog Day was yesterday. Puxatawney Phil predicted six more weeks of winter. He did. He saw his shadow. That's that's the idea, isn't it? Like the groundhog comes out of his log house and sees his shadow and goes back in. Six more weeks of winter. Um, but if he stays out and mopes around for a little bit, it's an early spring. Yeah. That's that's exactly it, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know what? Speaking of light-hearted Sunday afternoon family films from the early 90s, we'd like to turn now to the Jamaican bobsleigh team, whose 1988 Winter Olympic Olympics participants were the subject of the marvellous Cool Runnings, starring another friend of the podcast, albeit sadly not with us anymore, John Candy. Yeah, we're really beginning to show our age here with all these references of early 90s movie stars. Well, you are. I only mm. caught up with these films much it's later that I'm decade. Old. <laughs> But anyway, it wouldn't be the Winter Olympics without a country from the tropics of the Caribbean. Is it not the Caribbean? Ah, potato, potato. Tomato, tomato. It has snowed in the Caribbean though. You know what? It actually has. I looked this up yesterday. So, it snowed in the Bahamas once. Once. In 1977. And this century, the Dominican Republic in 2005... And in March 2016, on the island of Guadalupe. As for Jamaica, no. Unless you climb to the summit of the Blue Mountains, where you might only see flurries of snowfall once in a while. Um, But it doesn't settle on the ground. Did you know that it's 87 degrees Fahrenheit today in Jamaica? What? What is that? What's that in a real temperature? Fuck knows. No, no. It's... (laughs) It's 31 degrees Celsius. So the the Jamaicans will be chilling out in a beach hut with the air conditioning on, watching their boys shuttling down the slopes in the snow. That's a that's a bit mad, isn't it? It is, although fake snow at that, uh, which is something we'll get onto later. But yeah, look, the Jamaican bobsleigh team, they're back at the Winter Olympics after a 24-year absence where they'll be lining out in Beijing alongside bobsleighing heavyweights like Germany. And Switzerland, yeah, and they've they've had to climb mountains and try to make it to try and make it to Beijing as well, and push mini cars up the street. Um, that's that's how they trained during the lockdown when they weren't trying to make the Queen laugh. Um, they were finally given clearance to fly to China last week following a delay in acquiring the necessary paperwork. They were stuck in Stansted Airport in the UK for a while. But the documents finally came in and away they flew to Pastors White in the hills of Beijing. I wonder if they brought their lucky egg with them. Maybe that's what happened at Stansted Airport. Maybe they lost the lucky egg and later it turned up along with all their documents. Have you ever kissed the lucky egg? No. That's all too blarney stone, isn't it? Um, maybe something for American tourists to romanticise over. But I couldn't see how their lucky egg would make it past Chinese border customs. 
Well, they'd have to choose between either keeping the egg or going bobsleighing, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah that's a bit of a catch twenty two. Hold on to the egg, which would mean no bobsleighing, or bobsleighing without the egg, which means no luck. Maybe they can swap it for a one of those Chinese preserved eggs once they cross the border. Oh, you're probably right. About time to replace that egg anyway. Many years has it been since 1988? 34 years. It's a, it's a heck of a long time to be carrying an egg around, would you? Time to move on, lads. But it's a crazy story how Jamaica have had a bobsleigh team all these years. And we must stress that this 24-year wait relates to the, the four-man team only. Um, Jamaica has had two-man teams as recently as 2014 and a two-woman team at the last Winter Olympics in South Korea in 2018. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think most people who watch Cool Runnings, they'll they'll always associate the Jamaican bobsleigh with the four-man event, though, um, due to the film and hence the fanfare this year. Absolutely. Um, although most people listening who are familiar with the film, they might know that the whole idea of starting a four-man bobsleigh team to compete at the Winter Olympics was cinematically incorrect. Um, In reality, they actually only intended to compete in the two-man event in 1988. Um, They decided quite late on to join in the four-man event, having already competed in the two-man, where they finished 30th of the 41 entries. Yes, like any other cinematic adaptation, really. The plot just tends to be altered for dramatic effect. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, And another little tidbit was that the Jamaicans weren't the only Caribbean representative to compete in bobsleighing at the 88 Olympics. Um, There were two others. Um, The Netherlands Antilles, they had a two-man team that finished 29th, one place ahead of Jamaica. While the US Virgin Islands, they had two teams that finished 35th and 38th. Um, Regardless of all that, though, best of luck... We wish the best of luck to the Jamaican team in Beijing this year. Absolutely, best of luck to them. They're they're probably sealed off inside that bubble right now as we speak. Yeah, yeah, they they sure are. It's the strictest mass sporting event since the start of the pandemic. Um, one that Beijing has been determined to see go ahead. Uh, do you reckon they'll they'll relax the restrictions once it's over? One can only hope. Well, Europe is starting to lift all the restrictions. I, I'd say that China is busy watching them, you know, watching the space. Yeah, to see what happens next. Um, mm. and, and China, of course, it has pursued a zero-tolerance strategy on COVID-19, as we've spoken about before in this podcast. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Winter Olympics, they are no exception. Yeah, um, ever since last week, all games-related staff and volunteers have been cocooned with no direct access to the outside world until after the games are over. Journalists and competitors at the games are similarly sealed off from the world outside the venue. It's total isolation. You know, I was going to sign up for the volunteering uh, at the Olympics. Mm. Um, The word was put out earlier last year about it. Um, It would have been cool to do, but like, I didn't put my name in in the end. I bet you're glad you didn't go now. Yeah, what I've learned about the daily procedure, yeah, I am. Um, Maybe under normal circumstances, but it really seems like just too much hassle to be a part of it. Like, everyone on site will be COVID tested daily. They must wear face masks at all times. 
thinking about it now, yeah, you couldn't even pay me to do it, let alone volunteer. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough gig, all right. At least they'll get to build a snowman, even if it is fake snow. Yes, this is the next thing we want to move on to. Fake snow at the Beijing Winter Olympics. It, it all kicks off tomorrow, Friday 4th of February, and it'll be the first Winter Olympics of its kind in that 100% of the snow that you, you will see uh, is artificial. There are 100 snow generators and 300 snow cannons working around the clock to keep the ski slopes covered in the white stuff. Yeah, and they'll keep it going because Beijing will be the first city to have hosted both the Winter and Summer Olympics. Um, But fake snow at the Winter Olympics is not a new occurrence by any means. In 1980, in Lake Placid, New York, truckloads of snow had to be brought in to cover the venue. Um, In 2014, at Sochi in southern Russia, 80% of the snow used was man-made. And in 2018 at Pyeongchang in South Korea, 90% of the area was covered in fake snow. And we're now at the point that none of the snow was real. Not even one little snowflake. Lake Placid, wasn't that the place where the giant crocodile turned up and ate all the competitors? No, that was Lake Placid in in the state of Maine. Like Springfield, there were many around. Um, And it wasn't the competitors that ate, it was the ordinary town folk. An awful shame, that. An awful tragedy. Tragedy. But the good news is Brendan Gleeson saved that day. Well, after how he helped drive the English out of Scotland, I'm not surprised. He's a man of many talents. Yeah, the best man for the job. Who else are you going to call Bill Murray, perhaps? Yeah, maybe. Um, Well, you wouldn't be bringing John Candy back from the dead. No, all right, okay. (laughs) Let's leave our appalling sense of deadpan humour there before we're cancelled. You're right. I don't fancy being heckled at. Um, Some of you listening may have got the Bill Murray reference, by the way. If you did, fair play. There's a red envelope in the post. Right, so... The organisers of the Beijing Games are using 100% fake snow at both of their venues. The first is the Alpine Skiing Venue at Yanqing, a mountainous Beijing suburb. And the second is at Zhangjiakou, um, which is a ski destination 100 miles northwest of Beijing, um, which is an area where temperatures frequently dip below zero but only see snow measured in centimetres. Yeah, not not exactly the kind of maths that can be relied upon. Yeah, which is why there's an Italian firm called Techno Alpin, and they've supplied the snow. They began shipping their equipment to Beijing um, all through 2018 and 2019 to allow for installation and testing on site and whatnot. But it wasn't until November when the temperatures were low enough that they started blasting out the snow onto the slopes. Uh, 1.2 million cubic tonnes of it, to be precise. And unfortunately, there is an environmental cost to all this. Yeah, 40, 49 million gallons of water are being pulled from natural resources in order to make the snowmaking process functional. Yet another stain on the Olympics' poor sustainability record. Even if the IOC, that is the the International Olympic Committee, has assured environmentalists that there will be no impact 
to the local water supplies of villagers living within close proximity to the Olympic venues. Yeah, which which takes us on to the need for fake snow in the first place. Sadly, it's a consequence of rapidly changing climate. It's even led some to question the future of the future of the Winter Games and snow sports in general. This is it, yeah. Um, less natural snow means more fake snow, and this is something that has worried many competitors as to their safety. Uh, many of them have expressed concerns that the use of all this water and energy to create an artificial surface could, in turn, create unpredictable and potentially hazardous conditions. Um, for instance, Scottish freestyle skier Laura Donaldson spoke about the impact on her sport um, and, and how sheets of vertical solid ice can easily form instead of what may be perceived as snow. Yeah, um, a recent joint report was made by the Lockbury University and the Protect Our Winters Environment Group and they pointed to the future lack of suitable host venues for the Winter Olympics due to the lack of snow. And more and more competitions are being cancelled due to the shortage of snow. In fact, of the 21 venues that have hosted the Winter Games since the inaugural event in 1924, it is believed that by 2050, only 10 of them would meet the standards needed to host the event if they wanted to do it again in the future. I thought it'd be less. You know what, if the planet keeps on warming up at the current rate, it probably will be less. Yeah, even Jamaica might have as good a shot as any at all, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, from the Winter Olympics to traditional New Year's pastimes and games, we're going to finish now with, we're going to finish this week's podcast by, by talking for a while about how Chinese people have been passing the week. Yeah, I have a little game for you, a little game of true or false. False. Hold on. We've not started yet. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to give you a sentence and you tell me whether it is a traditional spring festival custom or not. Okay. Right. I have five. Are you ready? Fingers on the buzzers. Okay. Fingers on the buzzers. Right. Okay. Take out my notes. The first sentence. You should not wish somebody in bed a happy new year. True or false? I'm going to say true because it's a weird one. That is a very weird one and it is true. Um, The superstition goes that if you wish somebody in bed a happy new year, they will be bedridden for the year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um and also don't tell anyone to wake up um you shouldn't wake anybody up on the day of spring festival or they're going to be bossed around for the year unless you want to boss somebody around in which case wake them up well okay well done well done okay That's, you got one one so far you got okay. one right number two run roll number two you should not Take medicine during spring festival. I'm going to say that's false. No, that's entirely true. That is an old superstition in China. So there goes the role. Yeah, well, you're you're one from two. Um, 
it it goes along the lines of the the previous one. If you take medicine on the day of Spring Festival, and that includes um, having surgery or getting injections or anything like that, that's basically saying that you're going to be ill for the full year. Okay, right. Um, you know, I was thinking along the lines of, you know, you eat so much food, you're going to have a bad stomach. You might, Some people might need to go and see the doctor. Yeah, no, they can't do that. They might have awful heartburn, like I get sometimes. Yeah, no, 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 I can't do it. Not allowed. Not allowed. Like, just have to suffer. Just have to suffer through it. But like, nobody really pays any pays any heed to the, all of these superstitions anymore. But they're yeah, but they, it is a legit superstition, right? Okay. Number three. Mm. You shouldn't give gifts to people. Gifts, as in presents. So not like a, a, a monetary gift? No, like a non-monetary gift. Okay. Um, I'm going to say false because people will go to someone's house bearing fruit, vegetables. Oh, very good. That one was false. Yeah, that's absolute complete rubbish. But there are gifts that you should not give. Um, you should never. And these this goes across the entire year. There are gifts that you shouldn't give. Um, you should never give anybody a clock. Um, if you give somebody a clock, the the word in Chinese, it sounds like you're giving your last respects to the person. Um, okay. Like their time is up and they're going to die. Yeah. And you shouldn't give pears to anybody, particularly if they're married or they have a partner, because it sounds like um, the word for separation, getting separated. I um, see, I see. Yeah. And, um, you, and you shouldn't give them a, yeah. But who who gives clocks to each other? Well, it's just as a, like giving somebody a present. You shouldn't give a clock. And don't don't give anyone a clock and don't give anyone a pair. Yeah. If you are born in the year of a pig, um, especially this year, yeah, don't give pairs to anybody because divorce rates are going to be high amongst pigs this year. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. So if you're a pig. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the horoscope. Yeah, if you're the a pig, the tiger. if you're a pig, lay off the lay off the pears. Lay off the pears. Don't go near the pears. Don't yeah. even look at the pears. Yeah. Oh, and get somebody to buy you some red underwear. Um, yeah. But you can't buy it yourself. That's unlucky too. Um, now, right number four. number four. So you are two. You're two, two from four, three. Two, two from three. three. Right. You should not visit your wife's family. Alone or with your wife? With your wife. You should not visit your wife's family. Well, that's got to be false. No. That's true. But everybody... They do it on the second day, not on the first day, not on the day of Spring Festival. But you didn't specify. Oh, right, okay. You know? The first day... It's a trick question. You do go at some point during the... When do you go? The, the second day, the second I just day. told you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you go on the first day, um, it says that there's going to be marriage problems because when you get married, um, when you get married in China, the man goes to the woman's house and then brings the woman from that house mm-hmm. um, to his house. And if you go on the first day of Spring Festival, it says there's going to be marriage problems and it will actually be bad luck on the in, on both families um 
and good luck if you go on the second day. Right. Okay. So what are we saying now with the score with that one? So you've 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 two and a half. Yeah. You see, you didn't specify. You didn't say. Well, let's call it null and void. Let's call that one null and null void. And void. So null and void. We're two. We're, we're two from we're two and one. We're still right. two from three, and we only got one left. Right, and we got one left. So I'm, my score is out of four. Your score I'm is out, out of four. five. So this is the this is the tiebreaker. We've, disqual- this is the, we've disqualified a question. Right, this is the one that's going to win it for you. This is the one that's going to save your face. Right, <laughs> this is going to don't lose face here. Are you ready? I don't care if I do. <laughs> right, go on the big one. You should not clean, sweep, or shower for the first five days of the new year. What do you think? You've gone silent there. Well, you should not clean. I've, I've done sweep, all or three, shower. and I've seen other people do all three. Yeah. And I know people will clean and sweep their house beforehand. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say true because it might have something to do with sweeping away bad spirits as well throughout Spring Festival. Oh, look at him working it out. Even though he's seen people do it, he works it out. He works it out and he brings it back to two all. You should not clean, sweep or shower for the first five days of the new year. You are correct. So you do a big clean of your house on the day before. Um, you clean away all the bad spirits and all the bad luck. Yeah. Um, and you you sweep it out. And if you are seen to be sweeping your floor or cleaning your house or any of that, you've got the good juju, you've got the good luck um, for the first five days. So if you sweep it up, you're actually getting rid of the good luck, mm. which is... You know, it's kind of a a, a way of looking at it as, um, you know, you're you're undoing the good work. You're undoing the good work that you did did before. Yeah, okay. you're getting rid of the good look, um, which right. is a bit weird. It is a bit weird. Um, you did you did fantastically with the last question. You know, you got to uh, they they were tough. You know, they were tough. You did you did really well there. I, I you got say. three out of four, didn't I? You got uh, no. You got two out of four. You got two out of four. Hold on, we, but wrong. we were eliminating that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That other you question. did actually. Yeah, you got three out of four. There yeah. you go. There you go. Yeah. I get a B. You get a B. Seventy five percent. Seventy five percent in Irish. That's an Irish B. Exams standards. Yeah. It's, a, it's a B. In, it's C in America. It's high enough B. Yeah. It's probably a D in China. Yeah. I can't be getting seventy fives. No, yeah, can't be allowed to do that. Um, right. But you know what? Spring Festival reminds me an awful lot of the Christmas holiday back home. You know the way after a certain number of days you start to forget what day of the week it is. Um, You start feeling sluggish and bored even though there's no shortage of things to keep you entertained. Yeah, I used to love watching It's a Wonderful Life every Christmas without fail. Let me guess, you grew out of it. No, they don't show it on the TV here. If they did, I'd watch it now. Well, of course they don't do Christmas in China, yeah, they, but they do Spring Festival. And the seven-day period that is Spring Festival has a similar type feel to how you would spend Christmas back home. Yeah, you, you get a bit of, you get a bit tired um, sitting around, eating all day, every day. 
and lunch is eaten too early. Lunch at 11 o'clock in the morning is wrong. After a few days, my stomach can't handle it anymore because I'm not burning off as much as I would like. Yeah, same for me. Uh, like, I've had no exercise for the past five days and my body is kind of screaming at me now to get moving, as is my Garmin watch, uh, which keeps telling me I need to get up off my arse and do something. Yeah, it's easy to fall into a rut during the holidays. At least I have a dog to walk every day. He's a big dog too. Uh, you know what? I bet he'd look cool in a cyberpunk costume. A cyber- he'd look the spitting image of Keanu Reeves. And on that note, last week I promoted the cyberpunk walk in Chongqing. Um, Gotta tell you now, it has been postponed until the end of the month. Uh, but have no fear, it's going ahead and we are looking forward to it. I have my costume ready. Let me guess, blue lipstick? Oh, better than that. But that too. Oh, flashy, very flashy. <laughs> <laughs> so to those listening uh, who are interested, and if you're in Chongqing or maybe just a, a quick train ride away, uh, keep an ear out on the podcast over the next couple of weeks because we'll, we'll be keeping you updated. Let's wrap it up there. As ever, thank you for listening. And thank you for subscribing. We've had new subscribers on Spotify uh, recently in the last well, in the last week. Uh, and we're ever grateful. Yeah. If you haven't followed us, the option is there. It costs you nothing. Yeah. So have a lovely week. We'll talk to you again. Toodles. <笑>我不说话就是马喝的呢我不说话就是没打我晓得的嗯我不说话就是没打我晓得的所以说社会上的人走了我的女朋友不可怜我不是意思你不晓得别人是么回事<笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><